This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. And today we have a after hours legend. Uh, she's the queen of the underground scene. <laughs> a rising DJ in the game. Let's welcome Snowflake to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How was your day today? Pretty solid. I uh, went out last night, so I slept till like 2 p.m. Where'd you go? Over here. I went to Public Works. A bunch of my friends were DJing at mm. this event there. Some really cool tech house vibes. Do you normally go out every weekend? Um, if it depends on if I have a gig or not. Mm. Um, I tend to go out at least once a weekend though. Uh does it get tiresome? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but it's a really good way to network. So I always try to make the energy to do it. Mm. Especially if I'm getting paid to do it, then I kinda gotta. How long have you been DJing for? I started DJing right before the pandemic, so 2019, that's like four years now. And you're already getting gigs? I think I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) When was your first gig? My first gig was a Renegade in Brentwood. Mm. It was like... What's a Renegade? What do you mean? A Renegade is an underground rave that's thrown very illegally, basically. Mm. You just find like a plot of land, um, some kind of like warehouse abandoned warehouse something like that mm. you just tell people to go there you bring your own stuff you bring your own equipment mm-hmm. um people sell alcohol there sometimes but it's you know anything but a club rave how do play how do things parties like that how are they how do they pull them off if it's illegal like people don't hear the music and shit cops they you can get permits and stuff i guess but i mean essentially i in my experience they run until the cops get called mm-hmm um, the more remote the area, the easier it is to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been to forest raves in the middle of Oakland. That I think I went, oh yeah, I went to a forest rave. Yeah, exactly. No was, one's calling the cops on that because there's no <laughs> residents to bother, you know? Uh-huh. That shit was weird. It was like in the middle of nowhere in the forest, mud everywhere. Yeah. Like, I think they had like one or two lights. So it was very dark. So you didn't know what the fuck was going on. I think you went to the same exact <laughs> rave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. So do you like... Uh, do you normally get uh, gigs at after-hour spots? Lately, not so much. I usually do um, the typical club hours. Mm. I find when I do the after-hour slots, I kind of want to die by the time my set comes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, usually I do like maybe like between ten and two p.m. or mm. two a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, after our spots in San Francisco is they're very known for like drugs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. I, I mean, yeah. Do you do drugs? Me? No. No. Is it hard to, I mean, you don't do them. I mean, you don't have to say you do or not, but do you think it's hard to, or do you think it's easy to get on that path if you're like partying after hours all the time? Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have unfortunately lost a lot of people on the scene to drugs. Um, like lost, like died? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like or over, just, overdosing? Yes. Mm. 
there's fentanyl and everything now and you never know. Mm. So I personally have chosen to not partake. Mm. Um, there was a time where I did partake, mm. I won't lie, but now I don't because everything has yeah. fentanyl in it and you kind of don't know what you're going to do because you could do one bump and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is scary. Yeah. You die just from one bump. Yeah, seriously. That's crazy. Yeah, it happens. <clears throat> um, when when things like that happen to your friends, do you like try to talk your other friends into like this ain't safe or? Yeah, I it's hard. I don't want to tell people what to do, but at the same time, I'm like, if you're going to mm. make sure you carry like the test strips, I think mm. those are a good tool. Um, I personally bring Narcan to all of my gigs. Mm. Um, just in case something happens. I know a lot of party or bars, right? Like places that have raves, they keep Narcan on hand now, mm. which I think is awesome. Yeah. So are you originally from the Bay Area? I'm actually originally from LA. I moved okay. here about seven years ago. Uh-huh. What part of LA? The Valley. You got that little valley, uh, <laughs> yeah. little valley voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone says I sound like Paris Hilton. Uh, when did you leave LA? I left LA when I was 18 and I wanted to go to college here. So mm. I went to San Francisco state mm. and then I got my degree and I don't use it. Oh, that's, that's normal. <laughs> <I'm> still here. <laughs> What'd you study? I studied international relations. Uh, why'd you study that? Because it was a good way to a good segue into law school. And I did law school for a year and a half mm. and then I dropped out. Okay, well, that opens up another book. Why did you drop out? Um, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I worked Law school or just school in general? Law school. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of realized that the legal profession is a lot more elitist than I would like. I kind of ran out of money, too. So mm. that's unfortunate. You went to... Were you going to law school at San Diego, uh, SF State? I went to law school at Golden Gate University, actually. Mm. So I graduated from SF State in 2020. And then I took that year and just applied to everything. Mm. And then I got into Golden Gate University, mm. went there. Were you like one of those kids growing up who were like, oh, I can change the world. I'm going to study law. And oh, totally. Get all these criminals out of jail. I actually, in college, I became that person. As a teen, I was definitely more of an artistic type. Yeah. Um, I wanted to change the world with things I could create. Mm. And I don't know. I feel like going into the real world, I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. Like, that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, but after everything that happened with law school, I kind of realized, like, maybe this is my time to just pursue art and pursue that form of life because it's still impactful. Do you wish you should? Uh, do you wish you should have studied art in college? I think everything happens for a reason. And I don't regret any decisions I've made. I think it's all part of life experience. Mm hmm. What was college like, like the social scene for you? Um, honestly, SF State's not that lit. Um, it was okay. I did a sorority. I did. You were in a sorority? Yeah, I did oh all the things. God. Yeah. <laughs> you want to shout them out? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they are no longer an organization, actually. <laughs> it was like a local small one, but Lambda Chi Mu, if you guys were there. Um, what are they called? Lambda Chi Mu. Lambda Chi Mu. Lambda Chi Mu. Oh, okay. There, it was a Jewish sorority. Um, it's supposed to be like Lahayim. Uh -huh. um, I'm also not Jewish, so I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Super random. Yeah, that is random. Yeah. Give me some uh, sorority stories. 
Oh, yeah. I have some sorority <laughs> stories. Did you guys have to go through hazing and all that shit? I would say not so much hazing. Um, although, so when we crossed over and we were, they throw a huge party to initiate all of the new pledges mm. or the new sisters. Um, so at my party, unfortunately, a huge fight broke out between all the frat boys that were there. And it was over. Someone didn't want to lend someone else their phone charger. Mm. And there was blood or like the chandelier broke. Mm. Um, they like broke my friend's garage door. <laughs> it was insane. What was the weird, what was the, uh, the weirdest thing that they asked you to do while you were pledging that you didn't want to do, but you had to do it anyway. Oh, weirdest thing. Um, they made me post like some things on Instagram that were like, I love my sisters. Like, and like mm. list all the ways why, yeah. Um. Other than that, that, that was, was weird. Tame. Yeah, I don't know. That it was pretty tame. That was the only part where I was like, oh, they didn't I make you like close your hands, just put your hand in the toilet, and grab no. some shit. But it was really a banana. I wish there was something exciting like <laughs> that, but nothing crazy. Yeah. Was it a, like a party sorority or? Not really. No. So you guys um, are just boring. That's what it we sounded. were just boring. <laughs> I was the most fun person in there. Not mm. really. Nah. <laughs> no hate to you guys. Love you. Do you still feel the same way about sororities? Because, you know, like, they got that stigma of, like, uh, well, a lot of people think, like, girls who get in sororities are just, they just want, they just need friends and they're not independent thinkers by themselves and shit. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that way. I think they serve their purpose. I think it is different when you do, like, a big national one versus the small one I was in. Mm. Um, because we were basically just trying to survive every semester. We were like trying to find new pledges yeah. and trying to keep afloat. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I don't think they're even active anymore just because the pandemic happened and, you know, all the sisters graduated. So there was no one to like carry on the legacy. Um, Did you guys have a house? No. No. A SF actually doesn't allow sorority houses. Mm. Um. There's some kind of old timey law that says that when more than 10 women live in a house together, it's considered a brothel <laughs> or yeah, I, there it was something like that. So this is a California law. No, it's like a, I want to say it's like a San Francisco County law. <laughs> um, more than 10 women living in the same, under the same roof is considered a brothel. It, I, I swear. I, wow. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but that's what I heard in the moment. And I was told that was why there weren't any sorority houses in San Francisco. That's crazy if that's true. That might not be true. So. Mm. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We're going to stick with that. It sounds good. Right? It's a great story. What uh, year did you finish? 2020. Mm -hmm. And then you went to Golden Gate. How long did you stay there for? A year, you said? A year and a half. A year and a half. When you drop out, uh, like, how does that work? You just, uh, I just, uh, I just, I just stop going? Yeah, basically. I mean, I just told them that I didn't want to re-enroll, and they were like, okay, that's fine. Mm. What'd your parents think about that? <laughs> They're not stoked about it. Mm. They think that I should give it another go or go back for my master's. Did you just recently stop? Um, I guess it's been almost a year now. I stopped in June 2023, or no, 2022, <laughs> mm -hmm. and... It's April now, so. What was the, like, the final straw? I just finished my internship that semester, and I just, I wasn't happy with the way all of the cases followed through. Mm -hmm. um, I was working for a pro bono employment law firm, and I was just really kind of, I don't know, it showed me a side of that profession that I didn't 
like yeah yeah explain like what what tell me some uh, specifics unfortunately i can't get too specific Mm -hmm. um but i mean some things were my supervising attorney told me that i needed to work on my voice and i sound like a surfer valley girl and she basically told me to pay for accent training if Mm -hmm. i wanted to be an attorney um yeah, I basically I saw a lot of companies taking advantage of people and there was literally nothing we could do to help them. Mm. Like there were no laws preventing the companies from taking advantage of these people. And it was just really hard emotionally to kind of have to tell people like, hey, I I think what this person's doing you is so wrong, but I can't do anything to help you. Yeah. Pro bono, uh, obviously that's that's free, right? That yeah, free. Free. Where Not do you profit. guys where do you guys get your funding from um they would get their funding from i think it's a combination of donations um they were attached to the university Mm -hmm. so i think i'm sure i think tuition payments might help you know they might get paid through tuition payments i didn't Mm -hmm. get any money was Um, this was this like a uh like a law firm that's um that san francisco state works with that's I mean, basically, like what I'm saying is, are they affiliated with the school? Um, yeah, this law firm is affiliated with Golden Gate University. Oh, okay, it's okay. essentially a functioning law firm comprised of professors and students. Mm. Um, so they place the students there, their own students there. To work. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because yeah. um, every law student, like essentially you want to do three different work experiences within the mm. legal field while you're in law school. Um and you're you're pretty much not going to get paid for those. Um, like sometimes they have paid internships, but for the most part, you're kind of donating your time yeah. for the experience. So, yeah, the school had a couple of clinics like that that um, gave us the opportunity to get that experience without even leaving campus. Mm. Did you ever work on like a actual case, like going to court and shit? Yeah. 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 You can't talk about that either, huh? No, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't get too specific, unfortunately. But was any murder cases? Nah, nah. No, I only did employment law, so it was very, it was pretty like mild. Like I talked to the labor commissioner once or twice. Mm. Yeah. So if you would have still, if you would have stayed in college, what type of lawyer was you? Were you trying to be? I was hopefully going to go into entertainment law at some point. Mm. Um, employment law and entertainment law do cross over a lot. I wanted to help with like contract negotiations, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, like I got more involved in the entertainment industry at the end of college. So I was like, oh, this is a way I could be involved without being talent or, um, you know, throwing events like I used to do, you Mm. know, things that are a little less stable. Um, I might go back at some point. I figure I have the rest of my life to do it. I'm only 25. Yeah. Well, what do you have to do to finish? Just how many more years? Another year and a half. And then I have to take the bar. You just have one a year and a half left. Yeah, you should definitely go back. Maybe that should be quick. It is like seventy k to go back. So (laughs) yeah. Okay, that's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do your parents do? My dad is retired now, but he was a accountant for Mm. most of my life, and my mom is a special education teacher. Mm. What was childhood like for you? Um, it was good. I have a lot of siblings, so what's a lot? Um, three immediate siblings, two half siblings. Uh-huh. 
so your your dad is uh is it your dad's other kids or your mom's yeah, other kids? Yeah, my dad's other kids. Okay. This is your real uh dad or stepdad? Real dad. Okay. So your parents are still married? Yes. Are y'all you guys close? Um we're pretty close. Um I go home as often as I can for holidays and stuff. Mm. Um my sister's actually getting married next week. I'm super excited. Mm. Um but yeah, like I don't call them like every single day. Mm. I should call them more, but you know. Do you like uh you like LA? I mean, you left there obviously, but how do you feel about uh northern southern California? I love San Francisco. I like NorCal a lot better than SoCal. Why? Well, SoCal's just um people are kind of fake down there. That's what everyone says. Yeah, I feel like people are just automatically nicer up here and I don't know. You don't have to like, it's not a personality contest, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you visit up here? I mean, before you moved here, have you, were you familiar with uh, San Francisco? Yeah. My aunt lived up here. So I had been here a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I, I learned so many new things about it every day though. So <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you, come into your womanhood uh, in LA or San Francisco do you think or in college <laughs> for sure <laughs> love the way you put that and why why do you say San Francisco because you have more freedom I had freedom this is where I learned how to do all of my adult things mm-hmm. I feel like I really came into myself up here mm-hmm. I feel like this year I really grew into myself honestly yeah well that's good yeah, eighteen-year-old me didn't know it was gonna come. <laughs> Which uh, you say you have sisters, right? Yes, I have a sister. Are you guys close? We're pretty close. Yeah. You say she's getting married. Yeah, she's getting married. Are you cool with her husband? Oh, yeah. Do you approve? Yeah, I approve. They've been together a long time. I've mm. been. I was actually getting kind of pissed at him for not proposing for a while. So mm. yeah, they finally did it. Do you believe in marriage? I don't know if I believe in it for me, but I be- I support it for other people. Why don't you believe it? I don't know. Um, I think we put a t- little too much pressure on it. Um, I don't know. I like the idea of getting married, but I am also like, is there really one person for everyone? Mm-hmm. Like just one person? Are you really expected to be with that person for forever? So you, I'm assuming you cheated uh, on... <laughs> some of your boyfriends in the past um yeah. yeah i'm not proud of it though interesting why not um it was a mistake okay yeah i i, I don't think anyone deserves to get cheated on no matter mm-hmm. how bad the relationship is i think i should have taken the initiative and broken up with him before I felt like it was at that point. Was it like one mistake or multiple mistakes? One mistake. Mm. So, yeah, I won't be too hard on myself for that one. (laughs) Do you feel, I don't know, there's this like big conversation on like every podcast about like women and feminism and all that stuff. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? Oh, I'm, I'm a hardcore feminist, I would say. So you don't believe in gender, uh, gender roles? No, no. I actually, um, as a female DJ, I run into that issue a lot with 
men that I date. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually date men and women. Mm-hmm. But when I date men, I <clears throat> find that they get very threatened by me kind of going and doing my own thing. Like I have my own radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've tried to date other men that are in the entertainment industry and they always get kind of jealous and don't want to let me like network. What are they jealous about? Just just like when I get a gig that success they want. Or, uh. Yeah, about success. Like maybe I get a gig that they want or they're like, how did you even get that gig? Mm-hmm. You know, they just get really jealous and they don't like the idea of like someone they're dating being good at their game. They want me to just be their girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I would be like the complete opposite. You so, think so? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you want your person to succeed? That's how I feel. Mm. I don't see why we can't both succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always dated men and women? Yeah. Yeah. I knew I was bi when I was 15. Okay. So. Parents don't give a shit? Um, honestly, I don't think my dad knows. Um, so hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's on his radar. Yeah. My parents are a little older, (laughs) so I think they kind of don't. They don't think they're not as convinced that bi is a thing. Mm. Um, they're totally okay with um like same sex yeah. dating. Um, but they like my mom and I've talked about it, and she's like, "Are you sure about that? Like, I don't know. I just not that convinced that it's like a thing." Mm. Or, you know, she kind of had to talk with me. She's like, "Well, you know, one day you'll choose." Like, you'll choose a side one day. That's what my friend did. She married a woman. I was like, that doesn't mean she's not bi. It just means yeah. she's married to a woman. Are you attracted? Uh, I mean, you you said you dated men and women. Are you attracted to the same type of, I don't know, characteristics in both? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I like people that are um, willing to take risks. Mm. Um, I really value, like, support in general. Um, like I value quality time over gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, people are less materialistic. Who do you think is the more jealous, the men that you date or or the women? Both. So you just attract yeah. <laughs> insecure people, huh? I think we're all a little insecure. <clears throat> mm. I also get jealous with both genders. Okay. So your radio show, you mentioned this. What's it called? It's called Chill Out with Snowflakes. I do it on Psyched Radio every week. Mm-hmm. What's it about? What do you guys do? Talk about? Um, I play lots of disco house music. And essentially, the goal is to interview someone from the entertainment industry and SF every week. Mm-hmm. So I've interviewed a ton of local DJs, mm-hmm. um, some club promoters. I'm trying to get the owner of that new bar, Mother and SF, to come interview with me. Mother, uh, it was- Mother Bar? Mother Bar. Yeah. Um, her name's... Uh, the owner's name is Marlene. She also owns like the Parkside, but she's she opened a new lesbian bar, which is like a big deal because there's only two other lesbian bars in all of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. What's the other, what is what are the two? Jolene's, which I guess they technically don't advertise themselves as a lesbian bar, but I think of them as one. <laughs> um, and then Wildside West. Mm-hmm. So your radio show, you interview entertainers. Is it hard to find these people? I don't think so. Mm. Um, I feel like I mostly find them on Instagram. I'm in the group chat full of like SF party promoters. I'm also in like a huge female DJ group chat. When did you start your uh, radio show? I started it back in January. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been cool. I've been pretty solid about doing it every week. 
What made you start a radio show? Uh, my roommate actually matched on Tinder with a girl that has a show on that website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not on FM yet, by the way. It's just on psychedradio.com. But uh, my roommate matched on Tinder with a girl who has a show there. And she was just asking her, like, how did you get that set up? Like, my roommate's a DJ. And she just gave her all the info. And mm. I ended up reaching out to the station because they happened to be looking for new people. So the radio station hired you. This is not your, like, independent thing that you just do. No, yeah, I do it with the station. And it's called Psych Radio? Yeah, Psych Radio. Okay, that's I'm cool. actually their only EDM show. Mm-hmm. Is, um... I mean, you do radio and you do you DJ and shit, right? So, and obviously, in the, being a woman and I don't know, would you consider DJing male dominated? Yes. Do you think you go through the same shit as like other women, like in offices, like sexism and yeah. harassment and all that shit? Yeah, I would say it's probably worse in the entertainment or like in the DJ world because. There's a lot of excuses. I've tried to kind of talk to my peers about it. Um, So essentially, like, every now and then I'll have a really bad experience with, like, the owner of a bar or something. And I'll try to kind of talk to, like, another DJ about it or, like, whoever the Mm -hmm. promoter was that set up the event. I'm like, hey, he said something kind of weird. And they're just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. That's funny that he said that. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, it's harassment. <laughs> do you think it's hard? I mean, people don't take it seriously because of the type of work you do. It's ba- so basically, exactly. like, to give an example, like, let's say, a, a, let's say if you're like a sex worker, right? And uh, I mean, this is a bad example, but you're a sex worker and someone tries to like fondle you and touch you without your consent. And if you tell somebody that, they'll probably be like, okay, well, you're a sex worker. Yeah, they're like, what do you expect? Yeah, exactly. I would say it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. People just make so many excuses. I mean, most of the other jobs I've had, if I had had a bad experience, like, okay, like, say I'm a barista at a coffee shop, and I was like, hey, the owner, like, hit on me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, My manager would probably be like, oh, my God, that's not okay. I mean, at least that's the expected reaction Mm -hmm. in this day and age. But at a nightclub... They're kind of just like, oh, haha, that's funny. He's probably drunk. Yeah. You know, like he probably didn't mean it like that. Do you think that will ever change? I hope so. And I do think that a lot more women are emerging in the industry and we all are kind of trying to put that stuff to rest. Mm. So I think eventually it's only going to get better and better. Mm. That's a big reason why I like to do it to DJ here versus other cities like I've done a few gigs in Sacramento and I would never do it again <laughs> because it, like here for the, I've only had like a couple of bad experiences here. Whereas in Sacramento, every time it was terrible. Mm. Yeah. Do you, or your experiences, are they like on that level or like experience of not getting paid that type of shit? Um, I've had, I've that not getting paid and stuff. That's like whatever. Um, Getting hit on is just inexcusable, in my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever... I haven't not gotten paid since 2019 because I got smarter and I kind of stopped working with the people who I notice aren't going to pay me. Yeah. Or if I hear anything bad about a promoter yeah, promising funds and not delivering them or just anything like that, like they push your set back or mm. something, I try not to work with them. 
So there's there's that uh part of being a woman in entertainment business. And then there's also the other part where uh, being a woman in a male dominated business can help you. Like especially if like you're attractive woman, you might get favoritism shown to you and all this other shit. See Do, do you think that's the problem? I wouldn't necessarily say favoritism. I do. I've been asked to DJ several parties where I did kind of have to have my guard up, though, just because of like, I don't know. I was like, this guy asked me to DJ for him like way too quick. Like, why did he ask me to? Mm. Um, usually it's OK, though. Um, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily favoritism because also I kind of do run into this guy's booking me for a gig, but he like. I have to be the opener, even though I have more followers than all of the other DJs. Yeah. Or um, there was another time where this company kept reaching out to me to do an event with them. And they would only reach out to me for all female lineups. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to be like, hey, you, you know, you guys will like you can book me on a normal night, too. Right. Okay. Like, yeah, you don't have to make it like a special, like we're booking girls tonight. You can just book female DJs all the time. Uh, yeah. But that seems like it's, it's more like a theme, a theme of a night or something. Yeah. And that's cool. But I don't know, like they kept trying to book me for all female lineups and then I wouldn't be available for the night of the all female lineup. Mm. And they'd be like, oh, we can book you like next month for the next time we're doing an all female lineup. And mm. I was like, or you could just book like why 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 not book me next week like, you know like i'm available next week like is djing and the radio show is that all that you do or do you have like a regular nine to five i do have two other jobs mm. yeah i work as i literally pack coffee beans at a roastery mm. and then i also work at a concert venue what are you trying to do with the radio sh- radio show like where do you see it going i think um, I really want the radio station to get on FM at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think eventually I want to start producing my own events again. That was something I used to do in 2021. Mm-hmm. And I stopped because I was doing it with the wrong people. Um, I'm actually planning on doing a trial event with Psyched Radio. Events? What do you mean? Like parties? Parties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I used to throw... Um, I was actually a club promoter way before I was ever a DJ. Mm-hmm. So I would do events at DNA Lounge. Um, I used to throw events in LA. Um, and yeah, I'm going to do one with Psyched Radio in October at Cafe du Nord. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. I think eventually um, I just want to do anything I can to like get my um, brand out there mm-hmm. and get more opportunities as a DJ. Is it hard to put on these events? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's there's not much money in it. No. Yeah. Are you putting Are you putting more money into what you get out? Yeah. So it's hard. Even if you sell out the show, there's a lot of times where you don't make as much money as you should, or you put in like a hundred hours, yeah. and you're getting like a thousand dollars, which is like ten dollars an hour. So. So every per, everybody who does business, the whole purpose of business is what well, I think is to make money, obviously. Of course, yeah. So what's motivating you to keep doing it if you don't see a good return? I mean, sometimes you when the return's good, it's good. Um, there was one time where I unfortunately didn't get 
a large cut from this, but um, my business partner, he made 30K on a Halloween event. Damn. Yeah. So when it's good, it's good. Uh, And that's why it's worth it to just try. Um, Plus, a lot. I mean, not everything's about making money in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's nice to get your money back. But at the end of the day, like, I do want to create community and just, like, give local artists a place to, like, produce music. Mm -hmm. Um, Give, like, people going out a safe place to come. Um, Because that's important. Like, you remember the place that you went out for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah do you have to just when you say you're doing an event at the dna lounge do you get the whole space like you rent the whole space out or is this like a partnership with the actual club it's a partnership with actual club at least it was then every situation is a little bit different um so the one i'm doing at cafe du nord i'm essentially renting the space out Mm. um but i mean at dna usually we would have like half the venue it's like a big four room venue Mm -hmm. so you guys have to like split the profits of the night there was a way of splitting it. Um, like there, there's two different entrances of DNA. So people that would come in through our entrance, we would get that money. And then people that went in through the other entrance, the other party would get that money. Mm-hmm. That was always problematic though, because you know, people are drunk and confused and don't really know what show they're going to. Yeah. So they just kind of, they're like, this is DNA lounge. So we walk in pay. Um, in other situations, I've done collabs where we just split the profit evenly mm-hmm. or like I get my pre-sales cause you can do tracking links for that. Mm-hmm. And then whatever's out the door is just free game. What happened with you and the other people? Um, uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a, yeah. lot of, a lot of stabbing, uh, in the back type uh, shit. Honestly, it just didn't work out. We just wanted different things mm-hmm. and things were said about me that I don't appreciate. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like rumors and I don't mm. like drama and I never got the amount of money that I was promised, which like when I referenced that Halloween event, I was mm. like, yeah, I didn't get a cut of that. I did, but yeah, th- yeah I got 1500. My business partner got 30 K so yeah that's a big difference that's a big difference yeah Yeah. so do you think business um because a lot of business a lot of partners who go into business they don't really sit down before the business is started and talk about specifics and then when shit comes up that's when you have all the fighting and then because you never sat down and talk oh you never under you never got a conversation about oh we're going to talk, we're, this is how this is going to be this is how this is going to be and then if you don't ever talk about it then it pops his head up later on totally and then fucking now you guys hate each other and shit so do you think getting in business with uh the right person is like the top thing yeah. a person can do yeah I think anytime someone tries to do a business. Um, finding the right people to do it with is just so important. Mm. And, you know, it should be someone that you trust and you can get along with. But at the same time, you know, like look at their qualifications and look at your qualifications. Like, does it make sense to do this together? Um, More so, do we need to get more people involved that have more qualifications? Mm. Um, Yeah, I think that was a big downfall for us is, we communicated, but I was honestly, a li- I let him push me around a little bit. Mm. Um, I should have been more on top of 
you know, telling him, like, you promised me this, you need to deliver this. And I don't think he intentionally took advantage of that, but he also just, like, he, yeah, he was like, oh, she said that's okay, so I'm just going to let it slide. Mm. Do you, so you throw events, you DJ, and you have a radio show. Which one of those three do you think you put more time into? Probably the radio show right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually taken a really long break off of throwing events. Um, The last one I did was Halloween. Of last last year? Last year, yeah. So where was where was this event? I wasn't in Oakland. No, it was in uh San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I went to an event on Halloween. It was at this warehouse uh, in Jack London. Oh, sick! Yeah, cool. they, I've heard about that. But they had like three different. Um, they had three different venues, all the same party. It was oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um. So you're a radio show. Do you ever? Like interview someone who you think is going to be like, oh, this is going to be cool. And then you end yeah. up being an asshole or some shit. Um, so far, no one's been an asshole per se. But I mean, I, I scheduled someone to be interviewed one time and they haven't they didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just kind of been bracing myself for that, especially with the people that I don't know. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a small chance they're not going to show up or they're going to get there really late or they're not going to be able to carry the conversation mm-hmm. more. So there's been times where I've just kind of had to figure out like, how do I carry the conversation? Yeah. You know, cause not everyone's as outgoing, mm-hmm. um, especially with the people that aren't like DJs or performers. They're a lot more shy. And I always forget how weird talking in a mic can be if you're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when they don't show? Do you, is it like a live show? It's a live show. So when they don't show, you just got to just gotta do it yourself. It. Okay. Yeah, I usually, um, I haven't, the last time someone didn't show up, I was a little scared they weren't going to show up. So I posted a and a on my Instagram story ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I just answered all those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my plan, if someone doesn't show up again, I'll probably read like Reddit, am I the asshole <laughs> stories? Or, you know, like something funny, just like. How long is it? It's a two hour thing. Damn. I do play a lot of music during it mm-hmm. um like i'd say at least half of it is just me playing music so it's not two hours of straight talking do you have a specific talk. time slot every uh time? Yeah. 6 p.m to 8 p.m every saturday okay yeah it's and it's only online time. yeah it's online it's uh psychedradio.com uh-huh. is it video also no video yet i'm actually working on launching a youtube channel with mm-hmm. all of the archived videos i'm just I have to hire an editor to edit it for me. Mm, well, you should learn how to do it yourself. I used to have an editor, and that that bill adds up. And then I finally bought the software and learned it myself. Save so much money. Yeah, I know. I just I feel like I don't have time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I should just learn how to do it. To be honest, and it's you by yourself. Yes, my roommate helps me sometimes with uh, certain things like graphic design and stuff. And I'm talking about ho- like oh, you're the only host? I'm the only host, yeah. Okay. Do you, well, before you started the radio show, did you have uh, did you have any history in like radio or interviewing people? I had done some radio shows before for um, House of Pride Radio. Mm-hmm. The, um, do you know Mutiny Radio? I don't. Yeah, they're another small radio station. I think they actually are on FM. In um, the Bay Area? Yeah, in the Bay Area. Mm. Um, yeah, I would use that station sometimes to promote events back when I was with DNA Lounge. 
Um, so I kind of knew how to do it already, but it's like taught me more about mm. um, how to use the software and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where do you? Where's your your studio at? It's in. Well, I mean, you don't have to give an address, but I mean, is it uh the Psych Radio have a yeah a, a actual location? Yeah, yeah, we actually record out of a Thrill House Records in Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a super cool punk rock record store. They also throw like events there. Mm. Um, in their basement. And yeah, it's super community vibes. It's all cooperative. So we all split the rent every month. Mm-hmm. And like the record store is like volunteer run. Um, yeah, it's like very Bay Area. What do you love about uh, radio? I think it's cool. Um, honestly, I think it's fun to just listen to. I think it's a good way to get music out there and just connect with people. So your is your show equally talk and music or is it more based on playing music and then you just have a guest who answers like a couple questions and more it's back to music i'd say it's equally talk and music it does depend on how talkative my guest is feeling or how Mm -hmm. talkative i'm feeling to be honest um i've had a few people i've interviewed where i had to like reel them in they would not stop talking and it was good it was like i love this conversation we're having but Uh we got to play some music at some point dude Mm -hmm. and the music you play is all like techno not techno, um, but yeah, mostly like EDM house. Um, mm. I do a lot of disco house now. Mm. Was it hard to learn how to DJ? It, there was a learning curve. I feel like it took me a few years to really get it. Um, I was pretty much self-taught and I had to do a lot of shadowing sessions with a lot of local DJs that I know just mm. to kind of figure out transitions and stuff. Do you remember your first time you were booked for uh, a show? Yeah, the first time I was booked for a club show was actually Los Globos in LA. Um, it was cool. Good experience. I mean, well, tell me about it. Was yeah. it were you nervous? I was super nervous. Um, yeah, unfortunately. So I was super prepared to use the CDJs. And when you use them, you can see like all of the... Um, like the key and all of the like um you can match up the beats mm-hmm. basically because so, you want to beat match all of your tracks when you transition them in or else it like sounds weird um but unfortunately that feature was broken on the cdjs when i <laughs> was playing and i couldn't see it so i had to like do uh. it by ear which that's how vinyl djs do it and that's technically the more correct way to do it i guess mm-hmm. but yeah it was scary yeah. But all my friends came out and it still turned out okay. So So you're not one of those DJs who goes to a place with a laptop and they just plug in an aux cord no. and they're just, oh, this song's playing next. You're actually like doing all that shit. Yes, I actually am. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I actually have a thing against laptop DJs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of old school DJs talk shit about the the new kids now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who just plug in an aux cord. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of shit because I don't spin vinyl. But what was the biggest party that you ever uh, performed at? Wait, sorry? What was the biggest party, you, like biggest club show or whatever that you ever did? Ooh, that's hard. Um, the big, I don't know about club show, but the biggest show I've ever done is I actually DJed at an international music festival. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Altitude in Canada. So uh-huh. yeah, I did that last August and I'm actually doing that again this year. Mm-hmm. I think they had about a thousand people there on the busiest day. It's a festival? Yeah, it's a festival. Okay. It's an EDM festival? Yeah. So you only do EDM music? 
Um, yeah, pretty much. For sometimes for private parties, I'll do like hip hop top forties, like whatever people ask. Mm. I used to do a lot more top forties back when I was working with my former business partner. Um, we actually were throwing gay events. So gay events tend to be more top 40 heavy. Mm-hmm. I would do a lot of throwbacks like 2010. Are you a resident anywhere? Not yet. Um, I'm hoping to secure something soon. Um, I actually have a gig coming up at Bergerac in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been DJing at the record bar a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I did one at F8 recently too. Just kind of hopping around. What's your favorite venue to Ooh, my DJ favorite. At? I really like the record bar. It's a super like, it's like New York, New York speakeasy themed yeah. and they have an outdoor movie theater and like, yeah, where is this? Like San Francisco? Rooms. Yeah. It's in the Tenderloin. Mm. Yeah. It's a super cool little spot. Mm-hmm. And they do really sick after hours too. I used to go all the time. Um, it's like one of the only places that's open all night. Mm. And all night meaning what they like close at six. Yeah. 6am. Okay. Yeah, I just started getting into the after hour scene. It's fucking crazy. I remember one time I went out on a Friday and I didn't go home until like Sunday night. It was like nonstop yeah. party. Yeah. We left. We went to a club and then we went to, uh, I think I believe, what's the name of this place? It starts with an M in the city. Monroe's, I think. Monroe. Monroe or something. We went there like at... uh. Well, we went to this after hour on um, Larkin Street, yeah. and that closed at like six. And then at six, we went to Monroe's. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's like a you know, it's a night when you end up at Monroe's. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a crazy night. It was a crazy night. Yeah. So the after hours, I didn't even realize how crazy after hours was out here. But the funny thing is, like when you go to these after hour spots, you see the same same people. So it feels like a community. It really is. Um, Actually, last night, I ha- it was so hard to say no to the afters because a lot of my DJ friends are in that community. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, okay, like come watch me at my next set. It's at 4 a.m. at the afters. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't, mm-hmm. dude. I'm going to die. <laughs> and yeah, I, it, but it's so hard, though, because, I mean, they're really nice people. And it's really fun, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll play like one of those afters soon. It's been a minute. I don't know if I'd make it to Monroe's. Are those are, are the afters? Are those like hard to hard jobs to get? Um, not necessarily hard because it seems like the same DJs are playing at every single. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I feel like it's not necessarily hard to get per se. It's just they kind of they like their community and they stick with their community. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of event promoters I know, they they struggle with, they don't want to keep finding DJs. So they're like, oh, this guy always brings his friends and he always does a good job. So I should just mm-hmm. stick with him. Like with a stranger, you don't know really, really know what to expect. Yeah. When you throw your event, are you DJing your own shit? Yeah, I like to DJ my own <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I'll have me be like the opener though, not uh-huh. like headliner slot or anything. Just, you know, but also, I mean, I know I'll show up and... Mm. I'll do a good job and i mean djing really is my priority anyway so mm. how much do djs like what's the current rate for like i know i mean i know if you're a real popular dj you're gonna expect more money but like a person starting off that's a hard question um when i started i would do it for like 30 dollars an hour sometimes for free if mm. 
it was a good gig. Um, now I don't take less than a hundred an hour and I kind of like, I so don't you, know. you charge an hour, you don't just charge one flat rate. Like, boom, I, I need $600. Oh, it depends. Usually at clubs, they just want you to DJ for an hour. Mm. So I'm like a hundred dollars. If they right off the bat are like, Oh, I need you to DJ for two hours. Then I might be like, okay. Um, it's a club I really want to DJ at. How about 150? Mm-hmm. But I'm not coming out for less than a hundred dollars, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Unless it, if I got booked at like a really big club, I probably would like 10, 15 Folsom or. I mean, yeah, I would probably DJ at Temple for like less than my rate. But your DJ name is Snowflake. Where the hell? Did I, where did that come from? Snowflakes. Well, you know how millennials are called snowflakes. No. <laughs> They're called snowflakes. People call them snowflakes. No. So no, I, I'm never, I never heard that. Back. It's like an insult boomers use for millennials. Mm-hmm. So I'm snowflakes because I'm taking the name back. Nice. Yeah. Or at least that's what I tell people. I don't know. <laughs> I, I came up when I came up with it. I was just like, I was just trying to think of like something like fun and cute. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm super white and like snowflakes. <laughs> that's funny. Nice. Yeah. So if you had the choice to either like have a big successful your your talk show right it, mm-hmm. and then djing which one would you choose Ooh, that's a hard one um i think i actually do really like doing the talk show mm-hmm. so i think i would rather do that plus then i have the opportunity like if it came became really big i could meet like all of my idols i guess mm-hmm. um, i would love to interview like alice in wonderland or you know some other like big djs mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that I could see myself being in more of that kind of a role if I got really big. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just focus on the radio show then? I like DJing. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, there's more money in it. Um, and I do like doing it. Okay. So tell tell the people where they can like hear your show and you can give out your Instagram if you want. Yeah. And basically whatever you want to promote to the people totally um you guys can follow me at snowflakes official on instagram that's s-n-o-f-l-a-k-e-z official and you can also follow my show on chill out with snowflakes on instagram snowflakes is spelled the same way and you can listen to us live on every saturday 6 p.m to 8 p.m on psychedradio.com nice so I want to thank you, Snowflake, for coming on Everyday Celebrity Podcast. Uh, everybody go follow her, check her radio show out. And if you have a bar mitzvah, make sure you holler at her. She can DJ that shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Any last words? Take it easy, everyone. Thank you for having me. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You. Yep.